mean to serve God? How qualified do you need to be in order to be useful for the kingdom? Welcome back to Light of the Word Radio. This broadcast is sponsored by Lighthouse Baptist Church. Today, Pastor Jim brings us the powerful conclusion of a message on service. It's a word that we all need to hear. So let's join Pastor Jim now. Our righteousness, including our good works, must come from Christ. Must come. We must be covered in Christ. And then he says this, we're to serve Him without fear, and that, that without fear is, is without fear of hell, in holiness and righteousness before Him all our days. Hear this? All our days. Not some of our days. Not even most of our days. This is a place where I was blessed to know Gail Dexter. When, when Gail couldn't physically serve as he had for so many years, he spent time in study and sharing with the people around him when he was living in the independent living. When he moved to assisted living, he continued to do exactly that, to study and to share with those around him, continued to be in church. When he moved to skilled nursing, and he couldn't read anymore, he couldn't share a whole lot anymore, he sat there in his room with his Bible, and he prayed. And I assure you, not once did he pray, Lord, make me healthy. He may have prayed, Lord, hurry up and come get me. But he did not pray, make me healthy. But he did pray for people, for ministries, for those things that he saw. And to me, that is a picture of all the days of our life. There are things that I could do 20 years ago that I can't do today. In fact, I finally am getting smart enough to know not to try them anymore. But that doesn't mean I can't do anything. And it doesn't mean you can't do anything. We take our our bad backs, our bad knees, our bad necks. We take our illnesses. We take everything that's going on. And we serve with all that we have. For what reason? So people will say, you're such a good Christian, right? No. For the glory of God. Matthew 5, 16 Right there on the back of your bulletin. I, I use it up here often. I love it. This is, this is such a precious verse to me. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. We are to serve Him. And what does it look like to serve God? Well, we just said that in Gail's final days, he was praying for people. Praying for ministries. That's what it looks like to serve God. You know, we, we have this lady who comes and helps with the shared blessings ministry. She shows up here early mornings a couple times a week now and just goes about her business. She's not here to impress anybody. She's just serving God in a ministry that she sees fit to serve Him in. We have men in this church who have signed themselves or their families up to mow once a once a month, roughly, 
this property. If you haven't ever mowed this property, you don't know what mowing is. <laughs> because this, we have ups and we have downs, we have holes, we have, we have gravel, we have sand, we have hills, we have weeds that eat, weed killer. We have, we have trees that grow up where trees aren't supposed to grow. We, we have concrete that's washed out underneath that these men have been filling, filling up. It's, it's a service. And none of these men who are, are doing this mowing are coming in here and telling people at the door, Hey, did you see I, I mowed? It looks good, doesn't it? I did that. I've not seen anyone do that. We have people who, who do all sorts of things in this building and for this ministry as a service to God. And that is extremely important. And every one of you should have your services that you are doing. But also, every one of you should have your times that you are praying for this ministry, for ministry, for Christians, for lost, for each other. And every one of you, as part of your service, should be spending time in God's Word, studying His Word, so that you can grow. And honestly, if you're using a book to use to study God's Word, make sure first it's a decent author. And then no matter how good an author it is, I mean, my favorite is John MacArthur, but I still take everything right back to God's Word to make sure that what he says is true. Because God's Word is the authority on God's Word. Not John MacArthur, not R.C. Sproul, and most certainly not Jim Lowry. God is the authority of God's Word. And then finally, part of your service, every single one of you, should be to be active in the worship and and ministry of the church. When we gather together, Scripture tells us not to forsake gathering together as some do. I'm going to mess with Scripture for just a second. What I think that means is quit being a heathen and get to church. Quit living like the world and get in there and encourage each other as you worship and grow in Christ. And we're to do this all the days of our life. He turns his attention, verse 76, to his son. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High. For you will go before the Lord to prepare His way. But we know he's talking about John the Baptist. His son is John the Baptist. This, this child, he already sees, he already knows that this child is going to grow up to prepare the way for the Savior, for Jesus Christ. He is the voice calling in the wilderness. And what is the message of preparation that He brings? Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. Today's a, a day where we're wearing our brakes out. So we take the brakes again. What does it mean to repent? I actually was visiting with someone this week, earlier this week, and they've heard the word repent all their life and didn't know what it meant. We get so comfortable with certain things that we're used to hearing that they slide over our head and we don't pay attention to them anymore. Others hear those words and they don't pay attention because they don't know what they mean. I think there's a place in the middle where we're supposed to be where not only do we know what it means, but we are a part of it. To repent means to turn away from our sin. And not just to turn away from the sin, but to turn away from the sin and turn to Jesus Christ. Because if you are in sin, you are going away from Christ. But turning from that sin could lead you to more sin, another sin, if you do not turn to Christ. You know, we pray 
for revival. Revival is something that happens in the hearts of people. Revival is something that God does. It's, it's much like regeneration, except for it's for people who have already been regenerated. It's for people who are Christian, but yet they have fallen asleep. They have, they have allowed sin into their life. You know, we Baptists have this fancy term, we call it backslidden. And there's all sorts of levels of backslidden. And it depends on what Baptist you're talking to. You know, there's some Baptists, if you talk to them, they'll, they'll tell you that backslidden means you missed church once last year. You're backslidden. There's others that, that would tell you that, uh, you, you basically have to be cheating on your wife to be backslidden. That's not, that's not it. You're backslidden if you have turned in disobedience from Christ. And if you have, you need to repent. And he, he revives us, reveals to us our need to repent because we get so callous towards our sin. We don't even feel it anymore. We don't. I'm amazed at how many professing, active Christians will use the God's, use God's name in vain or just foul words, period. There is no place out of the mouth that that praises God for those things to come. And yet, it is so common. I, I think of a, a man I've known all my life who, who is at church every time his church is open. Every time. And I think of how often I have to tell him that those words are not acceptable in God's house. There's no one sitting here or goes to this church, just so you know. No, no pointing fingers at anyone else here. But it's unacceptable. But yet, in the profession, somewhere he got lost. Somewhere he didn't make the connection that his actions and his words are against God. And so he's comfortable in it. And I would say that he's an exception, but he's not. I see more like that than I do who will hold their tongue from those kinds of words. And I'll tell you this too. Being angry is not an acceptable reason to allow something to come out of your mouth that is not glorifying to God. So his message was repent, turn away from your sin, and turn to God and be baptized. And his baptism was the baptism of water for the remission of sins. But it goes on to give knowledge of salvation to his people. That's what, that's what John the Baptist was doing. In the forgiveness of their sins, that is the beautiful, glorious story of what Jesus did. We talked earlier about His his taking our debt on the cross. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believed in Him would not perish but have eternal life. When He sent His Son, His Son did not go unwillingly. Jesus went. And the Scriptures tell us that for the He endured with joy, try this again. For joy, he endured the cross. For joy, he endured the cross. What joy? Did you see joy on that cross? The joy of what he was doing for his creation, his elect. And for that, he had joy to go to the cross. So John is, is giving this information. Verse 78. 
because of the tender mercy of our God. Folks, I hope you understand and believe this for the tender mercy. Because without that tender mercy, you will face his hardness. You know, I, I think I used this a uh, not long ago in here. Well, I remember growing up, and I'm sure some of you have been this way, and maybe some of your parents have been this way, but I remember my mom could be as mad at us kids as could be. She could be yelling at us, and the phone ring, and she could go from this face, hello, to this face. Just like that. I tell you, I much preferred this mom than this mom. I usually deserve this mom, but uh, that probably won't translate very well to the radio, but that's okay. I deserved an angry mother because I know who I was, but I loved it when I got the, the sweet, kind mother. Well, folks, we deserve the angry God. We are sinners in the hand of an angry God. A great preacher once preached that message. But for His gentle mercy, His tender mercy, He has made a way for those whom He loves, whom He has put His affection on, those whom He saved. I think sometimes people misunderstand what it looks like because things are going bad in their life and bad by their opinion, okay? There's, there's tough things that we face, isn't there? I mean, there's tough things. I, I said this a couple of weeks ago. You know, that, that particular week I was working on a kidney stone. That's a tough thing. I want you to know. We have tough stuff that comes up in our life. But what do we do with it? You know, in, in the scriptures, second, Corinthians chapter 4, beginning in the 16th verse. So we do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away. Our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light, momentary affliction is prepared for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison as we look not to the things that are Seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Folks, these things that we are going through, these things in our homes and situations in our homes with people we care about or, or people who are hard to us, ailments, even life and death, these things are transient. They're, they're momentary because of the great gentle mercy, tender mercy of God. And we can face them because they don't compare to what we have coming, right? If we belong to Jesus Christ. But I tell you, if you do not belong to Jesus Christ and, and you are living with, with these horrible things that go on in this world and in our bodies that are wasting away day by day, you are to be pitied because it doesn't get any better for you than this. But for those of us who belong to Jesus Christ, this is nothing compared to the great gift of His kingdom, of His adoption. Back into 78 again. Because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high. That word 
sunrise. Every time I've read that, I, I kind of kind of had a a uh, moment inside my my heart that that's just not quite the right word. And it's rare. I often talk about how there's there's ways that the King James or the Geneva Bible will say things that I like. And this is one of those cases. I really prefer the Geneva, the King James, the older versions, because they translate that word dayspring. The dayspring. The dawn is what dayspring is, right? A lot of mornings, we have a, a camera in the back room here that shines out on the playground. And a lot of mornings as the sun rises, that camera will, will send me a notice of movement. It'll be a shadow or something from, from the sun rising. And there's a lot of times when, when I look to see what that movement is and I see a beautiful sunrise above those trees right behind the, the church building. Right there on that camera. The dawn of a new day. When Cynthia and I go to the lake and stay at, at the lake house down there that, that uh, Dr. Ditto allows us to stay at, get up and before it's light, and we get in there, and I did almost every morning, and I watch that sunrise because it's such a beautiful, wonderful moment. Jesus is the sunrise, the true light, the true sun. He is the day spring, rising that new dawn, bringing light, bringing light to those who are in darkness. It says that in verse 79, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death. Jesus from on high has brought the light. You know, that verse in And Can It Be that talks about the, the shaft of light that comes into the dungeon. When we are separated from Christ, we are in darkness, aren't we? We are in full darkness. There is no light in us. Because we can't have light of our own. The only light we can have is like the righteousness. And that is the light of Christ. And so if that light is not in us, we are in darkness. Or we sit in the shadow of death. We are sitting, waiting to die in darkness. To be cast out to outer darkness, to hell. But the light that Christ brings is the light that draws us to Him. The light that He gives in our in our heart, in our mind, in our eyes, in our ears, that we are now open and able to receive our Savior. And then that light gives light to our feet. Verse 79, second part. To guide our feet into the way of peace. What peace? Peace between man and God. We already said earlier that we were God's enemies, right? We were God's enemies. But the light of Christ shines a light to our feet that we know the way of peace between man and God. And that way is the Son, Christ Jesus. That is the only way. That is where our light comes from. And so we look at this and we think about this beautiful praise, this beautiful prophecy, this benedictus that Zechariah has given. And yet, how many of you, like me, have seen this for years and just went right over it very quickly? We do that too often with too many important things in Scripture. Zacharias is 
glorifying God with his Benedictus. I read a story about a, a man. His name was Nick Vucic. Has anyone ever heard of Nick Vucic? I had never heard of him. One hasn't. And Nick was born without arms and legs. His parents were Christian, but they didn't know how to deal with it. They didn't know how to deal with it. So they had lots of questions and and times of separation with God because they didn't know how to deal with it. As as time passed, uh, when he was eight years old, he tried to drown himself in the tub because of this. He was constantly begging God to give him arms and legs. He would tell God, you know, this is not a big thing, God. You gave it to everybody else. Give them to me. Then he told God, if you want me to serve you, I will as soon as you give me arms and legs. About that time, his mother had him read a story in the Bible. It was John chapter 9. Remember the story? It's one of my, my favorite stories of healing of, of, that Christ did. Jesus and his disciples were walking down the road, and there was a blind man, blind from his birth. And they asked him, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus said, neither. It wasn't their sin. He was born blind so that the works of God may be seen, may be manifest, may be displayed. And as Nick read this, God opened up his eyes, his heart, his ears, his mind, and he was saved. At that moment, he was saved. Then, as Nick grew up in his passion for Christ, he would go around the world speaking and telling people how God can use a man with no arms and legs to be the arms and legs for him. And he would share the gospel. And that if a man with no arms and legs can be the arms and legs for Christ, then you can serve him too. I see all of that in Zechariah's Benedictus. It's praise. It's prophecy. It's a revealing of the Old Testament, showing it coming together with the New Testament and the New Covenant all at the same time. You see, there's, there's a reason. Luke was very, very careful in what he put in to his Gospel. Remember at the beginning of this, we learned that he, he researched, he went and interviewed, he did all those things to make sure what he was putting in was correct. And then he put in those things that would reveal our great and mighty God for who He is, just like this Benedictus. And then finally, our verse 80 here, almost anticlimactic, says, And the child grew and became strong in spirit and was in the wilderness until the day of His public appearance to Israel. Until the day that He came on the scene to be known as John the Baptist. John the baptizer. But he grew in wisdom, knowledge, and strength. And folks, that wasn't an accident. When it says that he was in the wilderness, that doesn't mean Elizabeth and Zechariah took him out to be raised by wolves. They trained him. And then, much like Jesus did, he went to the wilderness that he would grow close to God. And then he went into the ministry. I call upon you today to hear what Zechariah is is saying and to act on it. 
James tells us not to just be hearers of the word, but to be doers of the word. You, each and every one of you, needs to be a doer of the word of God. And you have heard the word of God today. And if you do nothing else from the word of God but what you've heard today, then do it and serve him in righteousness, serve him in holiness all the days of your life. Please stand with me as we close in prayer. Oh, Father, Lord, I thank You. I thank You for putting these words in the mouth of Your servant. Putting these words in the mouth of Zechariah that that they would pour out to Your glory to exclaim Your greatness and to reveal Your fulfilling hand in the covenants. Oh, Father, I pray that You speak to our hearts and move us by Your Holy Spirit, to be those servants all the days of our lives. And that You would receive the glory. In Christ Jesus I pray. Amen. What a precious truth. God can use anyone and will use every one of us who submits to His will and authority. It doesn't matter what you think your gifts are or whether you think you have none at all. God doesn't need our gifts. He calls us to serve, and he permits us to share in his great work on the earth. Submit to his will, and you will see the day spring rise on your life. We want to thank you for joining us today, and we would love to hear from you. If you want to hear more of Pastor Jim, you can find him on the web at www.sermonaudio.com. Just search for Lighthouse Southern Baptist Church. If you've been blessed by this message or have questions about the content or about our ministry, if you have need of counsel or guidance or want us to pray for you, please reach out to us and let us know. We can be reached in many different ways. We can be called toll-free at 800-416-9352, or you can find us on the web at www.lightofthewordradio.com, or you can reach us by mail at Light of the Word Radio, P.O. Box 1, St. George, Kansas, 66535. When you reach out to us in any of these ways, you can also inquire about participating in the support of this ministry. If you desire to partner with us to keep this broadcast on the air, please let us know. We have a thank you gift we'd like to send you if you mention it when you call or write. This has been Light of the Word Radio, sponsored by Lighthouse Baptist Church. We want to thank you for allowing us to spend some time with you. We hope that you'll join us next time. Until then, I'm Pastor Eugene, and on behalf of all of us here at Light of the Word Radio, thanks. And may God bless you and bless the hearing of his word. Hello, friends. Pastor Jim here with today's final word. Today, I would like to share a little bit with you about our Abolish Abortion Conference and Abolish Abortion Rally that were held last week. I must say that I was quite blessed by the number of people who came by the hearts and attitudes of those people who came, by the speakers themselves. We had a number of speakers, and they did a wonderful, wonderful job. Biblically, life begins at conception, at fertilization. Science has even taught us that the moment of fertilization, that the egg has the DNA of a person. There is a complete person in that DNA And all that person needs is time to develop. The Word of God tells us the same thing. 
in Psalm 139 and verse 13. For you formed my innerward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. If I drop down to verse 16, your eyes saw my unformed substance. His unformed substance, he says. God's eyes saw that before he was even formed. The psalmist was seen by God just as you and I were seen by God before we were even formed. This is the life of each child at conception. They are truly a person and they just need time to develop. And as Christians, can we truly say we believe God, believe His Word, that we love God with all of our heart, mind, and soul, and be okay with abortion? We know that life began at conception, and we have a responsibility to do all that we can to stop abortion. Not reduce it, stop it. When we focus on reducing, that's the best we're going to have. What we need to do is focus on stopping abortion. So I invite you to get involved with abolitionists who want to abolish abortion in your area. If you don't know who is in your area, go to lightofthewordradio.com, contact us, and send us a question. We'll be glad to see if we can connect you with somebody because your involvement is what God is going to use to end abortion. And until next time, Soledad Gloria.